Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. Amen. If you have your Bible, uh, turn with me very quickly to the book of Genesis. I'm going to start very, very uh, quickly here tonight. I have some points I want to get across, and I want to get it done in time. I want to start on a, on a just a new lesson tonight, and um, kind of jumping around here a little bit, but uh, taught several weeks on principles and laws, and uh, and I may get I may get back to that in the next few weeks or some other stuff the Lord is dealing with me on and some of that. Um, but I felt to uh, speak on this uh, uh, this week and uh, I've been trying to get around to it now for, for several months. I've been trying to get around to, to finishing this up and working on some different concepts and uh, want to just speak some things tonight. I want to be, you know, I want to be practical, but I want to be spiritual as well. Um, and I want to help us. I want to help myself. I want to help you as well with some things in the spirit. So this may take a couple weeks to get all this out, but but just just bear with me. I hope I say some things that will help you tonight. Hope I say some things that will encourage you and maybe inspire you and maybe may convict you. Is that okay? Yeah. Amen. The word of God works that way sometimes. For one person, it's inspiring. For the next person, it's convicting. Uh, for one person, it is encouraging. And for the next person, it is pushing, uh, encouraging us to move forward. I just want to read for you uh, very quickly. There's a few scriptures in Genesis chapter one. I begin in verse one. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Somebody say light. God said, let there be light. There was light. And God saw that the light was good and God divided the light from the darkness. Somebody say light and darkness. And God called the light day. He called the darkness night. Somebody say day. Somebody say night. Then the evening and morning were the first day and God said, uh, let there be a firmament. Somebody say the sky. In the midst of the waters and let it uh, divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament. And divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so, but I say atmosphere. God called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning were the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together in one place. And let the dry land appear. And it was so. Land, water, space, time, day, night. I'm just... I don't really have a point here. I'm just trying to get you to, to, to see that everything that God has created has a place. So look at your neighbor and say place. That, that God is strategic. That, that, that God is not willy-nilly. That he just ain't rolling dice. That, that in God's economy that there is Placement. And for the next uh, few minutes here, and maybe for the next couple of weeks, I want to talk to you about placement. 
placement. Is it okay if we go down this rabbit trail with me tonight? Just, just follow me along and I hope that we, that we get to where the Lord wants us to be. Let's pray. God, I pray tonight that you would speak to us through this word. That you would encourage us. That you would grow us. That you would mature us. That you would help us grow. God, help me grow tonight through your word. And I speak it now in the name of Jesus. And someone said amen. 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 And you may be seated. Um, if you're taking notes tonight, which I hope most of you are and, uh, and you should be, um, I always encourage you to take notes. And the reason I encourage you to take notes is because I want you to be able to go home and, and take this out, dissect it, uh, let it, let it grow in your spirit. Uh, use it for devotional times. Uh, you know, in the morning when you're doing your coffee and your devotion, you know, break out the notes and read over them again and read some scriptures. And maybe you can see something in it that I don't see. And maybe I can see something in it that you don't see. And, and you can come to me later on and say, Pastor Chavis, I was looking over the notes you talked about on Wednesday night and I saw this, uh, Elder Brother Downs has always given me some good, some good nuggets, some, some stuff that I preach. He said, now you said this, and I saw this, and it's always helping me grow. And I'll go to a conference and preach it somewhere else and pretend like, I, pretend like it was all me, you know. <laughs> that's, how you make, that's how you make your preacher better. Just keep, say, I, you was talking about this, and I was thinking about this. I'll go preach it at a conference somewhere, and I won't even tell nobody that you told me. I'll be I'll pretend like I made it up. You make me look good. You make me look good. It's from the Lord. It's from the Lord. Yeah, it's from the Lord. I want to talk to you about placement. And, and uh, I, had, I had our media team put this picture up because when I think about placement, I think about chess. Anybody play chess? Anybody play chess? A few people. One of the first games I learned as a child was chess. because My dad loves to play chess. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I couldn't beat him until I was an adult. And I, I haven't played in so long now because... It's just not a common game that a lot of people play anymore that he would probably destroy me in this moment. Uh, but my dad loves the game of chess, and, and, and my dad would always have, and he still does have, some really unique chess games, hand-carved, glass, crystal. He has several different chess boards that he likes to play on. He has a couple chess boards that you can't play on. You know, they're so nice, you don't touch them. You just look at them. You know, any, none of your parents have had anything like that, did they? Stuff that you can look at but don't touch. This is, this, this is supposed to be touched, but we're not touching it in this family. This is a no-touching zone. Don't touch any of this stuff. That's kind of, you know, how some of my father's chess pieces were. He, has, he collected chess for a while. And he collects guitars. He used to collect uh, motorcycles. He, he doesn't know what he wants to do in his life. And so <laughs> he just has all this stuff floating around. But chess was one of those games that we sit around and play. And, and, and chess is about placement. It's about uh, moving piece, and every piece moves differently. Pawn moves forward, it can only kill diagonally, but it moves forward. Um, the bishop can move diagonal, the rook can move up and down. Uh, you know, the, the, the knight moves in the shape of an L, one, two, three, one to the side. You know, there's different ways to move. Every piece has its own movement. The queen can move anywhere. And that's just, ain't that just our life? The, the, the woman can do whatever she wants to do. No limitations on her. The king can move anywhere too, but only one space at a time. Anyway, that's a whole other message. I don't want to. It's, it's about placement, you know. And if you're playing someone who, who's really good at chess, they they can think five or seven placements ahead. They they know if I move here that there's only a few things that you can do, and they've already got things figured out. My I had played chess with my dad before. And he beat me in like 
less than three moves. It's just like boom, 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 checkmate. And I'm like, that's rude. <laughs> Taking advantage of a young child here. Um, it's all about placement. Now, when I, when I study the word of God and, 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 and I study God in a general sense, just, just studying out God, who God is, what God does, and how God operates, and how he builds off of uh, us as human beings, and how he builds his concepts and funnels them in a way that we can understand them. Now, his thoughts are way above our thoughts, and his ways are far above our ways, but God has a way of constructing his principles to a place where I can, I get them, you know, I understand them. And, and we see this a lot, even when Jesus comes and he begins to speak, he speaks in agriculture terms. He speaks in father son terms. He speaks in family terms. He speaks in familiar stories, concepts that I can't understand God, but I understand some concepts that God is putting out there for me to grasp a hold of and apply to my life. Here, here's the one thing that I know about God to be certain is that he is a very strategic God. He says this, he says, I know the end from the beginning. He said, I am the beginning and I am also the end. I am the alpha and I am the omega. He, he, he is strategic. In his placement. Look at your neighbor and say this to him. Say everything has a place. Everything has a place. And we see this in, in um, and when you talk about hermeneutical uh, studying and hermeneutical speaking, uh, biblical concepts and theologies, when, when, when we talk about this, there is always uh, a concept of first mention. That anytime you see something first in the Bible. This is, this is a powerful moment, and it is uh, relevant to the conversation tonight that the very first thing we see in the Bible, it's the, first, it's the first thing we see, this is the Torah, and now you have to understand this, is that God did not write the Torah. He wrote the Torah through a man named Moses. We, we all know that Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. And for the Jewish community, this is the only Bible. These first five books is it. Everything else in their concept is stuff that we threw together. This, the first, this, these first five books, the Torah written by Moses, Moses has a moment with God that God shows Moses his hinder parts, his past. From this moment, Moses writes down the construction of the world as he sees it. Through his human mind. This is why God allowed men to write his word. Because God had to download it into a man's concept for a man to write it in a way that men could understand it. So what we are seeing is, and, and the Bible tells us this later on in the, in the Bible, it tells us that we see through a glass darkly. That, that, that we are looking at, at, at biblical concepts that no matter how great we are, no matter how much we grow, no matter how intelligent, smart, uh, you know, 
how Superman you think you are, you will always see the word of God construed. Because you are a human. And there are mysteries in this book that God will never let us see. And I, I believe, and I've, I've said this before, this is my, my concept, you're not going to find this, this is me. I believe that God allows us to see dimly, because if we could see clearly in some areas, we would make ourselves gods. We've already seen men take this word and use it to deflect, deceive, manipulate people with, with what it is already. If God would show us these mysteries clearly, we couldn't handle it. We've already shown ourselves to be those kind of people that we already struggle with the knowledge that we do have. So Moses is writing the Torah and this Moses is writing Genesis. And in the, 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 this hermeneutical concept of first mentions, what we see first, this is what we see first. We see that God is strategic in his placement. He creates light. God said, let there be light. Boom, light happens. And he says, let me separate light from darkness. And he makes day and night. And he says, now let me create the firmament. I'll create the heavens. And then I'll create the earth beneath the heavens. And this will be the atmosphere. And then I'll take this water and land. And I'll push it apart and make just land and just water. I'll make it rise. And then we'll have trees. And the trees go on the land. And we'll have birds. And birds will be in the air. And we'll have everything has its place that when we see God in his original context when we see God as he is first creator he says everything has a place that there's a place everything and when we have watch this when we have perfect placement we have perfect harmony that when everything is in its place we call this place Eden. That God makes a man and a woman and he places them in a perfect place where everything is perfect in its place. That God is showing us when everything is put in its correct place, there is harmony. There is Eden. Uh, we would call it utopia. We would say this is perfect. This is a perfect place. This is a, I'm surrounded by perfect people. I'm surrounded by perfect atmosphere. Everything is perfect. And this was a perfect place. This is what God said about the perfect place. He said everything in this place, everything in this place is good for you. But there is one place in this place that you need to stay away from. You do not need to be in the place of this one place inside this perfect place. And silly us could not stay away from the one place. We couldn't. Eve's biggest mistake was that she was in the wrong place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going somewhere. Are you? Is this okay tonight? She was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Now we can blame it on the devil all we want to. We can blame it on the serpent and he beguiled her. But what was she doing in that place? She had been told, don't go to this place. Don't touch it. 
Now God told Adam, don't eat it. Adam told Eve, don't touch it. God never said, don't touch it. God only said, don't eat it. Adam said, don't touch it. Because Adam is putting up his own fence. God has a fence. Adam has a fence. God said, don't eat it. I'll, I'll go a step further. I'll say, don't touch it. Because if you don't touch it, you won't eat it. This is a pastoral concept that when God says we shouldn't do this as a leader, we should make another level. Amen. As a leader of your home, if you know God doesn't like A, then you should say, you know what? In order not to do A, my family won't even do B. And my children won't even do C or D or E because I know God hates A. That's a whole other message. All right. But you with me? You, you follow me. Eve was out of place. When she got out of place, she opened herself up to be manipulated, convinced. And eventually deceived because she was in the wrong place. This is the only place that God is not cool with. You being in the perfect place. When Eve and Adam were deceived, this is what God does. He does not kill them. He displaces them. No longer can you be in my place. God gave them their own place now. Your your place now is outside of my place. In this place, there's harmony. There's Peace, there is joy, there is no pain in this place. There is, there is no, there is no guile in this place. There is no division in this place. When you're in the right place, there is harmony in this place. This place is Eden. Perfection. So, back to chess. When you're playing the game of chess, you have to understand that every time you put down the piece, the rule is, is that when you move a piece on the chessboard, and if you've ever played chess before, you know this to be true, the rule is, is when you take your, when that piece is moved, as long as your hand is on the piece, it is not final. As long as your hand is on the piece, you can move it, you can change your mind. When your hand leaves the piece... Wherever it's placed is where it stays. You cannot remove your hand and say, oh, wait, 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 my bad. If you try that, if you're playing with somebody who's really serious about chess, you might come back with a nub. Like, pop, pop. Nope. You, you took your hand off of it. When you took your hand off of it, now it's in its place and there's nothing you can do about it. This is what happens when Adam and Eve, when God puts them outside of the garden and takes his hand off of them. Now, it's a struggle. Now, it, it, does God still love them? Absolutely. <laughs> Is God still for them? Absolutely. But now, what used to be easy becomes hard. Now the ground brings forth thorns in this place. Now, there is struggle where there used to be harmony in this place. Now there's pain and childbearing in this place. 
Now everything that used to be so synchronized and connected seems disjointed and divisive. And there is no longer communication with God. There is only sacrifice and waiting. Because the place has changed. Now that God's hand is off of them, they are in this place alone. The, the move has been made. But the game isn't over. It's all about placement. We, we see God strategically placing people. Noah is in the right place at the right time. Abraham is connected with God. And God says, Abraham, leave this place and go to a place where you don't even know anybody. Leave this place because the place you're in, I can't give you promise in this place. Leave this place and don't even know where you're going. The Bible says with fear, Abraham moved out of obedience with God from the place he was in to the place God wanted him to be. It's placement. God is strategically placing people in the right paths. It's, you can go all through this Bible from beginning to end. I don't have time to go through every story, but I just want you to see that if there's anything that we know about God to be true is that he is strategic in his placement. And if he takes his hand off the piece, you know this, then you're in the right place. If we shift this value system from us, from him to us. And we say to ourselves, how am I doing in my life with placement? Now, here's what I want to teach tonight, because I've done a lot of foundation to show you that, that if there's anything that we've learned about God is that God is strategic in his placement. So therefore, if it is important to give everything a place for God. Is it also not important for me and you to understand the placements in our life? That if this is eternity on the line, where have I placed things in my life? That if this is calling and anointing, if this is valued in my life, if this is where God wants me to be, who God wants me to be, and how God wants me to be, then should I not pay attention to where I have placed things in my life? Let me just give you a few examples of placement in your life. Where have you placed your children in your life? Where have you placed your marriage in your life? Where have you placed your career in your life? Where have you placed your relationships in your life? Where have you placed your entertainment in your life? Where have you placed your friendships in your life? Where have you placed things in your life? Because if placement is important, then I have to make sure that in my life, things are in the right place. Because watch, here's what I know about the scripture. Here's what I know about God. And here's what I know about the word of God. That if I can get things in the right place, I can experience harmony, unity. Who am I preaching to anybody tonight? Am I talking? Is this okay? If I get things in the right place in my spirit, if I get things in the right place in my life, if I, get, if I make sure that things are in the right place, I can experience unity. I can experience harmony. 
I can experience connectedness, not only connectedness to God, but also connectedness to my fellow man. If I have things in the right place. But we are inherently pitiful at placement. Y'all don't want to amen. I'll amen myself. Amen, pastor. Preach, pastor. We're, we're, we are horrible with placement. It is, it is a human frailty and fault that we struggle to place things in the right. Have you ever met anybody who have their priorities so messed up? And you could, on the outside, you're on the outside looking in going, that is not important. That is not, why have you placed so much energy, time, effort on that? And that ain't even important. Yeah, Because we are inherently pitiful at placement. We put things so high. We have given pawns the ability of queens. You're not hearing me right now. We have given small fries great placement in our life. And, and, and if I'm not preaching to anybody else tonight, I'm preaching to myself. Y'all just sit there and enjoy the message. Just take notes. Just take notes. And then maybe later on you'll see how it applies to you. Let me just preach to me. I have made things important that have no value in my life. They, 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 have, they hold no eternal weight. I've, I've, I've taken rooks and given them the ability of knights. Stuff that don't even supposed to move that way. I'm making it move that way. And I'm out of placement. And I wonder why there is chism in my life. And I wonder why I can't get ahead. And I wonder why there's disunity in my marriage. And I wonder why there's disunity in my family. But when I stand back and look at the word. And I see how God has given me an example of preciseness and connectedness and placement, I realize I am not in the right place. And I haven't given things, I have not given things in my life the right place. It's amazing sometimes and, and uh, you know, the young people are over there playing basketball, so we're going we're gonna to talk about them. Let's talk about these young people for a little bit. There's a few of them in here tonight, but that's all right. We're going to talk about them because they're they not here and we can talk about them. Isn't it so funny to see two young people who think they know everything? You know, they just, they, they just, as soon as they turn 14, 15, it's like, it's like God touches them with a wand and they immediately have the answers to life and all of life's problems. And they'll fall in love. Little 13-year-old, 14-year-old, fall in love. I'm in love. He's my life. Girl, you don't even, you can't even spell life. Tell my life. We'll, we'll watch a 14-year-old girl put a boy in a place. He ain't got no business being. He ain't your husband. Why would you, as a young person, put him in the place that he ain't supposed to be in? Oh, yeah, we see it. We see it, we'll be, we'll be all up on him. You, you, he, ain't, he ain't your, he, she ain't your girlfriend. She, you can't even, we get so upset. But we do the same thing in our lives. Different perspective, 
different venue and different avenues sometimes. But ladies and gentlemen, as adults, we are still taking things in our world and we're putting them in a place that they don't have no business being. And it's throwing the whole train off the track. Because we want to put the caboose up front when the engine is supposed to be up front. And we wonder why we don't have no power, no lift, no energy. Because things are out of place. Things are out of place. And when we put things out of place, it, it's, it's off kilter. Everything seems to be wrong. I've given so much importance. I've given so much authority. I've given so much power to this thing in my life that at the end of the day, doesn't matter a hill of beans. But to me, it's everything. It's, it's life. It's, it's everything. And we just jump on the boat and we like, we get, we put all of our eggs in one basket. And it's just like, this is life. This is everything. Nothing matters but this. And everything else in your world suffers because we place it wrong. We have taken pawns and given them the ability of kings. I love you, baby. I almost had another episode right there. You know, the, in Luke 15, I, I preached about this just a couple weeks ago. In Luke 15, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost finished. I'm not even going to get, I'm not even hardly going to get to my lesson tonight. But, but in, in, in Luke 15, everything's out of place. The sheep's out of place in Luke 15. You know, the sheep's out of place. Where's the sheep? Got to go find the sheep. Sheep's out of place. We find the sheep. And, and, and we're excited that we found the sheep and we throw a party because now the sheep's back in its place. And, and, and the coin's out of place. I, I knew I had ten here. That's only nine. I'm, I lost a coin. And because the coin's out of place, it, 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 it's turmoil. But when we put it back in place, it's a party. You see, the, you, see the, you see the concept. Is that when things are out of place, there is strife. But when we get it back in place, there's rejoicing. There's excitement. It's back in its right when it gets in its right place, it just it, it makes the whole board make sense. And many of us are losing the battle because we it, it's not that we're missing pieces, it's that the pieces that we have are just not in the right place. We we got all the ability, we have all the power, we have everything right, it's just in the wrong place. God, I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost here because I'm because I, I feel that God is saying something, not, not, not only just to us, but to the church itself. Is where have we placed the right things and the wrong things? And what have we given eternal value to that is not eternal? It'll burn. It's going to burn. It's going to burn, burn, burn. It holds no weight, neither here nor there. The sun is out of place. In Luke 15, the sun is out of place. He's not in the right place. He's in a whole other country. He should be at home, but he's in a whole other country. And because he's out of place, we see the turmoil. We see the, the, we see the sin. And me and you, we know people who are living horrible lives, and we know it's because they're out of place. If they would just get into church. Listen, this is why I tell people, and some of y'all, some of y'all super saved people, you get upset when I say this, but listen for y'all super saved people. You know, you got super saved, got SS on your shoulder, super saved, I'm super saved. 
don't know. Supersize me, Jesus. Some of y'all super say people, you get kind of upset when I say this kind of stuff. But listen, that's why I tell people, I don't care if you're living perfect or not. Just show up. Listen, because sometimes placement is more valuable than just having everything right. Because if you can get in the right place, God can make things right. But if you don't come in, if you don't get in the right place, how can God get you on the right track? Just show up. Just get in the right place and who knows it may be the right place at the right time and God will do a work because it's lined up it's correct that's why that's why the devil is always messing with us and trying to get us to misplace ourselves so that we don't come to church anymore because we feel misplaced and I don't feel like I fit in how many times has the devil told you that you don't fit in with those people because he's wanting to mess up your placement because he knows if you can ever just get in where you fit in You fit somewhere in this puzzle. You keep turning it around, baby. Keep flipping it this way, that way. Turn it upside down. Try the corner. Try Just do something. You will find a place to fit in. And the devil knows that once you get connected and you fit in, it's game over, baby. It's game over. He's lost you. He said, well, I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together. I don't, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still out here sinning every weekend. Well, just get in the right place. And the right place can lead you. To the place where you do conquer that sin. Listen, you ain't gonna conquer it in the club. I guarantee you that. That we know that. We 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 know you ain't gonna conquer it out there. But if you could conquer it out there, we'd all go out there. But you can't. When you come in here and you feel conviction, and you feel and and, and you feel the word, and, it, and the word turns you and and, and messes you up and 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 gets you working on you. Like man, I just who I don't know. I need to go to the altar. Because it's the right place. That boy came to himself and he said, I'm out of place. What am I doing here? all, All he needed to realize, Brother Felix, is that his place was wrong. He's still the son. He's still good. The father's still going to love him. He's just in the wrong place. He's like, you know what? If I could just get back to the right place, I mean, at least I'll have bread. Now he don't, he don't, he, he, he's forgotten his value because he thinks that because I'm covered in, in, in pig poop that, that I'm, I'm out of play and, and the father's not going to love me no more. But what he doesn't understand is it's not about perfection. It's about play. Just go back to the, just get back to the father's house. Just get back there. If you could just get back there, if you could get in the right place, the father will work all that stuff out. But just get in the right place. Strategic placement in our lives of value and the systems of value that we place on things is so important. It's so important because we can't have harmony when we're out of place. I got five minutes and I'm going to be finished. Isaiah says it in 28 and 13. Isaiah says in 28, 13, he said, but the word of the Lord was unto them. Watch Precept upon precept. Precept upon, he said, let me say it twice, just so in case I didn't get it. Precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. That the word of God was precise. 
When the word of God goes forth, it is not confetti. Let me say it again. When the preacher is preaching and the word is going forth, it is not confetti in this room. It is line upon line. It is precept upon precept. And if you can't fit in, good. It's here a little and there a little too. For y'all, for y'all folks that want to stand outside the line, it's going to get you too. That's what he's saying. He's saying not only is it line upon line and precept upon precept, but it is also here a little and there a little. For y'all folks in the gray area, this word is for you too. That you might go, fall backward, be broken and snared and taken. You say, well, that sounds evil, but it's not evil. That God wants you to fall on this word and be broken. That God wants this word to snare you. That God wants this word to take you. That the word will be like a rock that we can fall on and be broken. And the, and the word is the only thing to be broken on and still be safe. Hallelujah. The word is the only thing to be snared in and still be perfectly protected. That the word is the only thing to be taken with and say, I'm so taken with the word. Like David said, I'm so taken with the word and that I hid it in my heart and I'm not sinning anymore because I'm so broken by it. That the word is right on line. It's placed perfectly. The footsteps of God in your heart are not random. They are perfectly placed. God is not a random God. That God doesn't shoot from the hip. That God is putting everything perfectly in place in your life. So that he can maybe speak to you. And you can put things in the right place. Let me end by saying this tonight. I'm, I'm going to talk about some more things next week. And, and we're going to go deeper into this concept of placement. And, and I have some cool points I'm going to bring out and some stuff like that. But let me just say this tonight because I want you to be thinking about this all week. We have church. We have friends. We have family. We have jobs. We have responsibilities. We have kids. We got, we got stuff, you know. Every one of us in this room, we have so many things to juggle. You know, somebody, somebody said, well, you know, the pastor wears many hats. But we all wear many hats. Everybody in this room is wearing some kind of hat, and you got two or three hats underneath that hat. You're a mom, you're a dad, you're a friend, you're a brother, you're a sister, you're a daughter, you're a son, you're an employee, or you're a boss. You've you got hats you wear. And, and, and we all have so many pieces on the board, and we're trying to move them the best way we know how, you know. We're trying to, we're trying to get everything just right. Let me, let me just say this to you. God cannot be a part of the puzzle. Listen, I'm going to give you revelation tonight. And I want you to, I'm, I'm saying this tonight in the beginning because I want this to be the thing that sinks into your heart and that you understand that this is where I place God. God, are you, are you, everybody follow me right now. Everybody, I, need, I need everybody's attention. God is not a peace. He is not the bishop. He ain't the king. He ain't the queen. He ain't the pawn. God is not the peace. Listen, God is the board. Listen, everything 
has to be on him. Listen, he is you. God is not a plate that we balance. God has to be in the center of everything. He has to be the thing that doesn't move. He has to be the squares that can't move left and can't move right. He, God is never changing. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word does not change. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but not one tittle of my word shall be taken from this earth. There is nothing about God that can change. There is nothing about God that can move left or move right. He is not a piece that I adjust in my life. He's not a piece that I pick up here and put down there. God is not a piece of the puzzle that I can move for my own gain and move for my own conscience. But God is the board that I play on. He is the thing that never changes. He is the center of it all. He's not a piece of it. I don't just add God into the equation. He is the equation. He's not a piece. He's not just a a tittle. He's not a comma. He's not a period. He's the whole sentence. He's the whole paragraph. He's the whole book. He's the thing that never moves. He doesn't move for me. He doesn't move for you. He doesn't move for my kids. He doesn't move for my success. He doesn't move for my gain. And he doesn't move for my loss. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is God. He is the born. And I have to move my pieces around to strategically be in the right place he is the cornerstone he's what this whole thing is built on he is not a piece of my puzzle he's the box He's the thing I look at when I want to see what the puzzle is supposed to look at I look at the box the box has it all there it's how it should be never change always the same He's my reference point. He's my true north. No matter what the stars are saying and no matter what they're saying and no matter what she's saying and no matter what he's saying and no matter what they say, he's the true, he's the thing that is strategically placed in my life that cannot be moved by anything else. He is my one non-negotiable. He's non-negotiable. He is neither up nor down. He's neither left nor right. He is solid. I am not trying to figure out how to balance God in my life. How silly of me to think that I could balance God. How silly of me to think that somehow little old me could put God on a pedestal and balance him. (laughs) No, no, no. God balances me. I don't balance God. I don't add him into this thing and see how I can work God into my life. No, 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 no. I say, God, show me how to live my life. You are the center point of my life. You're everything to me. Everything revolves around you. You are the center of my universe. And I need you. If you get nothing else out of tonight's lesson, and we're going to talk some more, but if you get nothing else out of tonight's lesson, just get this, that God is not a piece. He's the board. He's the squares that never change. He's the the borders that never move. There is a strategic way to play this game. I'm so thankful for it. I'm so thankful that I can pick up the word of God. (laughs) Brother Shorter, I'm so thankful that that Bible... That Bible that I read when I was five is the same Bible I'm reading today. Nothing changed with it. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so glad that when I go back to the throne room that it's the same God. That he didn't change. That he didn't grow a beard overnight. That he didn't change his hair color. I'm so glad he's the same God. He... 
He didn't buy a new car. Didn't buy a new house. He doesn't live in a new location. He's the same God. He's always been the same. I change. We change. Life changes. Kids come. Kids go. Success comes. Success go. Businesses come and businesses go. Relationships come and relationships go. People come and people go. But God never changes. He is the same in my life. On Christ, the solid rock I all of the ground is sinking sand. God said, if, if, if any man would hear these sayings of mine and do with them, I will liken him unto a wise man. Matthew chapter 7. He said, if any man would hear these sayings of mine and do with them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house up on a rock. Not changing, not moving, not shifting. And when the wind came and the rain came, it beat upon the house, but it would not be moved because it had a Sure foundation. God, show me how to do it. I admit tonight, God, that I don't know. I admit tonight, God, that I'm struggling with it. I admit tonight, God, that I need help. Show me how to drive these anchors down inside of you and say everything else in my life has the ability to come and go. Everything else in my life has the ability to move. This moves this way and this moves that way. And this can go straight and this can go left and this can go right. This can go forward and this can go back. But you, you never change. The amount of spaces never change. The borders never change. There's no new rules. They're the same rules. The rules that I live by are the rules that you live by. That me being on this platform or holding this microphone doesn't give me a different board, Brother Gentile. Me being quote unquote Pastor Chavis doesn't give me a different kind of playing parameters. I don't, I don't get new pieces, Brother Rick. I don't get different pieces because I'm the pastor. That's, that's silly. No, all of us have the same board, the same pieces, the same strategic outlook, the same strategic ins and outs. We are all on a level playing field here. Well, your daddy, forget my daddy. My daddy doesn't play into my board. Well, your grand, forget my grandfather. He, he can't move my pieces for me. He doesn't get to, he, nobody gets to play on my board but me. And guess who I'm playing against? Myself. I am my adversary. The devil likes to put his hand in there every once in a while, but I'm giving him no credit tonight. God will not allow him one second on my board. And if he did, it'd be because God gave him permission to. It's me against me, and I'm always moving pieces. How can I not sabotage this tonight? But my playing field is the same as yours. God is my solid rock. He's the unending thing for me. He's the unchanging rules that I play by. And I don't get special rules and you don't get special rules. We're all in the same boat here. We're all playing on the same board. And we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But we wrestle against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and high places. We got, we got enemies, but it ain't us. <laughs> I've never sat down and played against you. And you've never sat down and played against me. Oh, hallelujah. 
I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Will you just entertain what you feel in the Holy Ghost? I don't know where to stop tonight. I'm just being led by the Spirit right now. Will you just open your mouth right now and just call on the name of Jesus? Jesus, speak to our hearts tonight. God, show us this board that we're playing on. Show us these placements. God, what, what, what have I given power to to move strategically on my board that didn't have power to move there in the first place? I gave it that power. God, help me. Help me tonight. Help me tonight. Holy Ghost. Come on, would you lift your voice in this house? I'm finished tonight. I'm finished. I'll, I'll pick this up next week. But I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Would you just talk to the Lord for just a moment before we leave here tonight? Would you just have a conversation with the Lord? God, help me. Come on, would you just ask God to give you strength? God, give me strength to see that you are unmovable, irreplaceable fundamentally sound fundamentally my true north that nothing else holds the weight that you hold that you are the board that never changes the borders that never move the squares that never change in diameter never change in size never change proficiency God you are my rock you never change Oh, hallelujah. Would you turn that voice to heaven real fast and just begin to praise him all over the I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.